you said it, exposure is everything. And once you open your mind, you can't go back. So I, usually I start off the show with a quote, but this time is a special quote from one of Dr. Sugger's mentors. So it's from, um, you may know him, from uh, Jackson Heights' very own Randy Watson. Uh oh. He said, you know him? Hold on one second. I, I saw, give me one second. I signed myself out. So Randy Watson is... Um, oh my God. He said... He is from Coming to America. Future. He is Queen's finest. Uh, Teach them well hear? and let them lead the way. Amen. <laughs> So in the spirit of our children, we have the co-founders of Parent Matters, Marona Vega and Teji Vega here with, uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Dr. Clinton Coleman, along with Dr. Sarat Saga. This is Recommended Daily Dose. So they're a wonderful organization. It empowers parents and with educational tools and resources through things like motivational speaking, tutoring, mentorship, professional development, and scholarship opportunities. So welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Yes, thank you for having us. We're excited. So your organization is, is very interesting. What made you, what inspired you to start that? I know as a parent, you, you know, you focused on your own kids, but what made you want to branch out and inspire other kids? Yeah, so yeah, just, you know, being a parent of five kids, um, it has been a very huge learning curve and learning. That's experience. a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It is. And, you know, it honestly is a legacy of my mom and, you know, at, as I became a parent, um, you start realizing what your mother's or your parents did to kind of keep you engaged and off the street and that kind of stuff. And my mom raised us in New York City and she was very methodical about what she was doing um, and making sure we stayed engaged and just off the streets. And unfortunately, most of our friends did not um, make it either in jail or dead or just a lot of different bad situations. And so Thank goodness for my mother and doing what she did so that we could, you know, um, leverage these opportunities and move to the next level. So when I had kids, started thinking about the same. And also my motivation, probably what my mom was thinking too, is like, I didn't want them in my house forever. So I wanted to make sure that they became productive citizens of society and moved on to their own thing. Um, So, and this young man, this powerful young man um, was in uh, freshman or sophomore year I realized that he only liked high school of high school. Yes. That he only liked um, baseball and music and he's good at both. But I thought those are incredible careers, but like kind of like going through an eye of a needle to become successful. He might be on my sofa for a long time. (laughs) It's funny. It's funny you say that because I think, I don't know if that's a uniquely black thing, but the Indians are the opposite. They, their families stay, or you can comment on this, sir. Like your family stay uh, in the house. Yeah, I mean, one thing is that, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Dr. Coleman's parents had to kick him out because he just got too comfortable coming yeah. home every day for dinner. But that's at 30, a at 34 years old, yeah. That's right. No, so there that are- cult- brother. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there are plenty of cultural uh, things, you know, and I think it's interesting to talk about them. But no matter what, I don't think any culture wants their kids sitting on their sofa, you know, in their 30s yeah. and 40s. They yeah. want them coming by. They want them uh, to bring grandkids by later on in life. They want them to come in for dinner. They want them to check them out, but no parents are trying to have their kids on the sofa. And so we, of course, we joke and we laugh, but, um, you know, I want you to continue your story, but I I, I think that's certainly um, applicable always. And, uh, you know, especially now where you have a lot of people who did leave 
and because of COVID or during the Great Recession or diminished economic opportunities have come back. Um, so there's a lot to talk about today, but I, I want you to continue with this story. But just thankfully, uh, Coleman did end up moving out of his parents. Uh, was, were you in the basement? Where were you? you, were, you know, I was basement. in a basement. I've been a few times back, though. I love it. I you, love it. You know, believe it or not, even in medical school, he would drop off his laundry, which I think is, uh, you know, just terrible. But um, that's for I still, I still drop off my laundry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, yeah, so he was in high school and I'm thinking, oh, boy, I got to figure something out. And I remember when my daughter was at Teaneck High School in 2009, she was exposed to a program um, at um, Cornell. And then she did a program at Hampton. It was the Summer Business Institute for LEAD. And I said, oh, wow, let me dig up that you know number. And I'm kind of one of those people connectors. So I knew the executive director, reached out to her. And she said, oh, wow, I have a spot. So she had three spots for my son, both my sons. One went to, he went to UPenn Wharton School of Business. The other oh. to Northwestern. And my nephew went to Lehigh. And I'll let you tell him. But I know when he came home, he was kind of like, how come there aren't other kids that I know in my neighborhood not doing the same thing? And right. it was life changing for him. But I will tell you, he didn't want to. He didn't want to go. <laughs> so, just yeah. like you know, because my wife went to Penn, and she talks about how how it opened up so many opportunities for her. Uh, so you're saying that you initially didn't want to go to Penn, is that right? It just seemed too far away. It was just too foreign of an environment, or what was it about it? You already knew that this is an Ivy League, you know, elite school that's going to open up incredible doors. But you know, even knowing that, what were your hesitations or trepidations? Well, I. I would first say that, you know, I was pretty comfortable just, you know, going along with the flow, um, being right. in high school at the time. I was going into my junior year at the time of high school. Um, and so, you know, as any, you know, teenager at that time, uh, you know, the last thing we're thinking about after ending a full 10, 10 months of doing school is going back for more school in the summer. Sure. or having an educational opportunity in the summer. So for four uh, weeks, for four, yeah, well, it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for weeks. I was there um, over the summer. And, you know, at first I was very reluctant, extremely reluctant. I just, and plainly said, I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't have the motivation. There was nothing that intrigued me about it. I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to go outside. I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to do all these other things. I didn't see um, the, the value um, that was being provided at the time. Right. And especially because um, these are, Typically, uh, these uh, these programs like cost a lot of money for students, um, sure. but I had the opportunity to go for free um, at, at the time as well. And so, you know, there are a lot of opportunities that I got to do for free um, that were extremely educational and beneficial. But back to UPenn, when I finally got to UPenn, um, my my the summer of my going into my junior year, um, it completely like changed my view um, of the different different opportunities and different career paths that I could go go in. Um, I mean, I had the opportunity to meet with the children of business executives, of CEOs, right. of doctors, of right. um, chemists, of different, all types of backgrounds. Um, and, you know, I had the opportunity to connect with them in a way that I wouldn't have had if I didn't have the opportunity to go to these programs. Yeah. Um, because those people, um, at least from people in my town, I, I don't know many sons of, you know, like, you know, the yeah. senior executive at, uh, at, at, at American, City, Express. American Express or City Bank. Yeah, he calls know. home and he goes, mom, what's summering in the vineyard? And I go, oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And once you, once <laughs> you get a taste, you don't want to go back. Yeah, this is fascinating. Uh, there was a movie, we, in the movie, I'll date myself, called Trading Places, you know, and it's a famous yeah. movie with Dan Aykroyd yeah. and they're talking about, um, 
you know, is it uh, the way you grew up or is it who you are as a mm-hmm. product of your environment? Of course, that was a comedy movie, but you show how the Eddie Murphy character, yeah. again, this is obviously highly dramatized, but you, you get, the, uh, you know, just bear with me. And it showed how he changed once he was uh, exposed to a different environment in Philadelphia, by the way, just like you, Penn. Mm-hmm. So I, I, what I understand what you're saying is that this completely opened up your eyes. I don't say open up your eyes, but it was a different, um, a different environment that you were used to or you had never been exposed to. Um, and I think we clearly, and what we're, we're here to you know, talk about, because we talk about a lot of things in our podcast about racial inequalities, but you know, in healthcare, but this is just another example, I think, of, of how opportunities are denied uh, to certain people just because of their background, not because of their uh, ability. Because clearly right. you went, and I'm sure you flourish and want to hear more about what you accomplished there and what I'm sure you'll continue to accomplish. Uh, but that's fascinating to me. So, you know, I've been to Penn. I mean, tell me, like, when you first came to Locust Walk, that's the famous walk there at University <laughs> of Pennsylvania, right? It's, and you see Ben Franklin's uh, statue there. I mean, what did you feel? I mean, was that inspiring to you? Yeah, it was extremely inspiring, and it pretty much just showed me. I was like, okay, well, wow. Like, I've, I've heard, I mean, I've heard, to be quite honest, I'd never really heard of like I've heard of the Ivies, but I was never really familiar mm, right. uh, with you and before going there, um, and just being on campus and being with people that also looked like me um, on on campus that were you know and eager to learn with me and eager to understand who I was. I'm um, not just students, but also the professors there. I got to you know being many courses with um, several of the business professors within Wharton. Um, and it was just extremely empowering um, to know that, you know, th- this is a place that I could possibly flourish and, um, you know, possibly, you know, um, yeah. create great memories. And, and, and I think, um, you know, your story about not as a teenager, not wanting to do something and just go with the flow is not unique to mm. you. It, that's all teenagers. I was there. I'm, I'm sure Siraj was there too, but I think there's such a cultural uh, impact with certain cultures, whether they've established a pipeline where um, um, Siraj and I were talking about, you know, in the Indian culture, it's common for people to want to either go into engineering or, or medicine. Well, and yeah, there's no you know, other that's options. A, that's a product of actually, if you want to take it back a step. Um, are you, you going to teach us a history? No, a quick 30 seconds. You know, it's interesting to see how these things play out. When my parents came, you know, they're both physicians. At that time, you could only get a visa and come to this country if you were to call highly qualified, which is why in the 70s and 80s, you would see a lot of people coming from Southeast Asia, even uh, Africa as engineers, as professors. Mm-hmm. So just to contrast, when I grew up, everyone I knew's dad was a doctor engineer. I just assumed that's what I would do. But only looking back, do I realize that I was, I was very fortunate to have... Um, yeah. these role models. And I can tell you, I could have easily gone another way if I didn't, uh, because I was a normal teenager, you know, and growing up and I, we lived in a beach town. I just want to be at the beach and ocean. And you would have been in the streets. I, I had this constant mod- role model. We call them uncles, right? Like people not right. even related to you, but um, right. very close family friends. And it just so happened that our community uh, there as a product of what people were allowed in this country, they were called exceptional uh, workers, exceptional um, uh, uh, education backgrounds. I took it for granted. I think, I think I realized that that's, that also is not fair, you know, and that you need, uh, you need these opportunities and role models for other people to bring everything. As we talk about medicine, how we need diversity in medicine, but this is across the board. We need diversity in law in healthcare in business and everything, you know, and the only way that's going to happen. And I only realize it now later in life that uh, I'm older, you know, less hair, more gray, whatever, but that, with age comes wisdom. You realize how important having those role models are in, in formative years. And, 
a lot of times we'll say, you know, well, you know, these people uh, or people from a certain area, they're just not interested in education. No, because their kids are just like anyone else's kids. This is other kids are, are granted uh, access to role models and things that uh, other, you know, that can very easily change. Sometimes it's just very, people are going along in life. It just takes something very small, yet powerful and impactful to change their whole life. And I think uh, what you guys are doing, I want to hear more, is, is expanding that, uh, that, that opportunities to, uh, to people that we sorely need, you know, in professional, uh, in professional endeavors. You said it, exposure is everything. And once you open your mind, you can't go back. So everything he experienced and saw, even though um, the, some, the program at Wharton School of Business was focused on business and business models and competitions, et cetera. I think even seeing him self-compete with, you know, young people who had more access, more money, because some, some kids were coming from other countries, yeah, but they sure. were also um, black and brown children. And uh, like just seeing that he was able to, you know, just be in the room and handle his business. And, and, and right, right. it's a field trip to the FDIC. They went mm-hmm. to Wall Street. So it was a experience. I don't think they were like studying all summer. <laughs> they were having a blast. Right. And, yeah, but um, that exposure is worth, it's worth its weight in gold, so to speak. Exactly. Right? Soft skills. I think they did an etiquette program. So that's just one of the programs he did. Um, so he's interned every summer. They did a financial literacy program at Fast Track. His brother did a program at Google over the summer. These are all in high school. And so by the time they're applying for college, their their, uh, resumes are so robust, it opens other doors. So you think about students right now who are applying to colleges or who just finished applying, who maybe they're not looking at their SATs because of COVID and all that other stuff. So now you have these robust resumes. My uh, neighbor, we call her my sixth child, we've known her since second grade, just got into Cornell. Um, so, and she, you know, did a whole, we did a whole show on her and, you know, how she's like, wow, if you didn't expose me to this program at Cooper Union in seventh grade, and that was my Girl Scout troop. And um, then she, she knew she didn't want to do math and science, even though she was really good at it. And then all, all of a sudden knew that law was the way for her to go. And so then I put her on a track to law and she ended up at um, my son's school at Bergen Tech in, in Teterboro to, to focus on law and has been interning all throughout high school. So once you expose them, it's incredible. So I think what we're doing is we're trying to get the information out to parents. And like I say, it's limitless. Like BlackRock, I sent out something yesterday and it's all across the board and not just college um, programs, but vocational, et cetera. And um, I just think it's important that we find or help our kids find and explore their passions so that, that that will motivate them. Because I remember one young man who was, not doing so great in high school. His, mo- his mom said he wasn't motivated. I, I talked her into sending him to the Goldman Sachs program and she was like hesitant. She did. And he blossomed like no one's business. It was just incredible. And she called me crying. The executive director of the program called me and said, who is this kid? He's dressed in a suit every Wednesday. He's here early. Wow. These kids got on the bus, left Teaneck High at three got on the bus, traveled into the city, which is also a learning experience um, for the suburban kids because, you know, I grew up in the city. So it's like a whole nother experience. My son interned at, my other son interned at J.P. Morgan Chase as a sophomore the entire summer of his sophomore year. And that was huge. Just traveling on the train to Brooklyn every day was was important. And the soft skills and for, for, I know what both of them has told me, the network. So he got his first internship through someone he met at Penn who called him up and said, hey, tell him the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So it was, uh, it was someone that I hadn't talked to um, in about a, a year a year and so, but 
we we had stayed in touch for some time. Um, but he he texted me. He was like, "Hey, Teji, what's how you doing, man? Um, glad to see you're doing well. Um, I have this opportunity at the New York City Office of the Control in the Asset Management Division. I know that you're into finance, and um, I want to see if you're interested." And boom, um, wow. that 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 is what led me to that opportunity and it was crazy because i hadn't talked talked to that person in over a year but that connection that we first had at upenn being there connecting um you know understanding um our, our you know again getting the ability to understand each other and our stories um and then later on you know following our, and also following each other on social media you know keeping keeping our eyes on each other as well um and that led me to an opportunity and um, yeah, it's it's just the power of that network. It's it's, it's something else. You know, I'll tell you, I've uh, known that um, when we talk so much about Penn, she would have jumped right in here, but she's Penn's biggest. Where is she? Uh, <laughs> I kicked her off. I came home to do the podcast, and uh, so this this is her. I mean, our office. So I kicked her out of the room, and so she's downstairs. Oh, those are her diplomas on the wall. Her diploma? No, ah, oh. sorry. Oh. ones you can buy uh, off at, at Bed Bath and Beyond. Phoenix, you know, okay. Um, no, her, her, her pen's over there, but I, what I will tell you is that her connection to Penn is very strong. And even though she ended up going to Columbia for her MBA, um, you know, she, uh, still talks this day about her, her, her alumni connections, her, uh, you know, we've gone to alumni events. She actually interviews, um, high school students now, uh, in our town, uh, that are applying to Penn. But the idea of that network, uh, no matter where you're going, of course, this is not a commercial for Penn, but you get in any... And there's many good schools out there, but that connection that you make helps you a great deal. And I think this goes again to the idea of that, all right, we have a lot of kids out there who may be very smart. They may not get opportunities to go to college, but when all things being equal, you know, these connections, let's be honest, do help you. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you have to be smart. You have to have the grades. You have to have the experience, but these connections help you. And you may have a whole host of kids out there who just aren't afforded the, the not even the opportunities and the exposure, but again, these connections. So I'd be interested just to know, like, how does your program work? I mean, how are you connecting parents with, you know, and, and then their kids and, and potential mentees with actual mentors in different fields? Or, or even better yet, or even better yet, what made you decide to go outside of your, your network of five children and want to help other people's children? That's, no. that's selfless. Like. Yeah, no, you know, it came back. It really came when he came home from UPenn. And then like the next week we had signed them up for another program. And, you know, just for any parents listening, I just got to say this because that's how my mom raised us. You know, she would say, you're eating my food. You're living under my roof. You're doing this program. You're going to, so like Saturday mornings was all about sitting down right. and filling out an application. All of my children, um, even my older one who's connected to our new Congresswoman, Nakima Williams, who took John Lewis's spot. That was her mentor. She lived with her when she was at Spelman in Atlanta. I've taught them the power of networking, keeping connections and, you know, just going out on a limb. Right. And, but they all kind of had that attitude of, I hate you. I really, you know, I'm never going to speak to you again, but I'm like, all right, cool. So just get out the car and go inside <laughs> and handle your business. And then, and now they can look back. I'm sure he can look back, but it's because he came home and said, we need more young people experiences. And yeah. then that light bulb went on and I'm like, well, why not? So I, I'm very connected in our town and with the PTO, et cetera. So I just started sharing it with other parents. And I noticed that a lot of parents who look like us were not like very open to it. They were kind of, so I go to football games, track meets, wherever the parents were. And then I created, um, so I'm not real tech savvy, but I created, uh, so the kids helped me create 
you know, constant contact. So we have about 500 people in our constant contacts that we send out. Literally, I want to say I try to limit it to one a day. But if I look at all the information that is coming to us, mostly through my 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 kids, um, it, I could send out probably five, six things a day. And what, is, I, what, was the, what would you say is a hesitation initially? It's just suspicion of uh, where is my kid going to go? You know, wh- why? So I've worked with a lot of young people in high school and go. guidance wow. and, you know, administrators, even superintendents. We've had these conversations. Yeah. I don't really know what the why is, but I, I'm, I'm trying to get past that. Mm-hmm. And I know that parents are just overwhelmed. Right. You okay. know, I know really good hearted, great parents who and, and I did. I also worked in a school one time where I heard people say those people don't care about their kids. And I was like, oh, so that really mm-hmm. That like pushed me over the edge because I, first of all, I said to them, wait, you're talking about me. And they said, no, 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 you're different. Your kids are different. I'm like, okay. So I fully believe that I don't care what situation you're in economically. um, You care about your kids. You want your kids to succeed. But if you don't know these resources exist and these programs are out here, when we were at Goldman Sachs, I remember one of the board members saying to me, what church do you go to? My son was the first one from New Jersey to attend this program. And she's like, please send us kids. So now I have CEOs and you'll see on Instagram, I'm on YouTube. We have a, a, a show called The Power of Exposure where we interview folks. And like, I just interviewed Dr. Coleman. And um, to let, so, and it's mostly young people though, who've experienced some level of success and they're sharing their stories so that a young person and a parent seeing this can say, okay, I can see like, I think people look at my kids and go, oh, they're lucky or they're smart or they're brilliant or they're I'm like, no, we, we had a plan. Oh, yeah, the plan, right. And that's the key. So I think it's, this is oxygen. Honestly, I feel like parents don't even know they need or their kids need. So we have to make sure we get that word out there and keep exposing. And so I, there's a parent who her son, my son's age, and she didn't really believe me, but now she has a young one in middle school and I see her starting to, you know, exposed and she's like, oh, wow, you really, you really meant, you know, business. And I'm like, yeah, just, just make them do it. They're not going to, they're not going to sign up and say, yes, they're not going right. to come home. And so we're doing, we're doing programs before COVID. We did a great opportunities expo at Teaneck high school, hmm. um, where we had like 60 different representatives from all walks of life. I wish I had was connected enough to have you guys there, but the legal field, vocational mentor opportunities, et cetera. So the folks that are um, that are on our Power of Exposure show are all willing to mentor. Um, some work yeah. at Google, some work at Facebook, some are one, one guy, one young man who I, I've known since second grade works for Michael Jordan directly. So these are all people who, and these are just, you know, big names, but, you know, folks want to give back. That's the one thing I've learned about successful people. And when we have these conversations, just like yourselves, that you remember someone who, you know, believed in you. And, right. and I think parents may be a little bit afraid to ask, you know, and so we need to put it out there and these young people want to help. But, but also I think parents either have a false expectation of their children or a low expectation of their children based on, you know, their own experience. So they don't right. realize the potential for their, their child. So I think, um, no, so I was, I was lucky to have a mom who none of us came from the medical field she, you know she wanted wanted me to do something professional and you know she looked up to physicians so she pushed me in that direction but that doesn't that's not everybody's story so you know something like this is good because the you know 
and I make this um, argument that, you know, I was not, a, you know, overly special, I'm special now, but I wasn't like growing up, I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, the smartest kid or, you know, I was always, always handsome, but yeah, I was good looking, but. Um, well, my mom loved you dearly, so. <laughs> thank you. You haven't met me. But, All right, let's keep going. But it, I think we, um, you know, the excuse we hear is that, uh, you know, medicine or medical training is too hard or it's too rigorous or it's too right. expensive. So we already shoot ourselves in the foot before we even try. So what are some of the like challenges you face when dealing with parents outside of like them not knowing, maybe not knowing their, their children, I guess, intimately? Yeah, I think I think also there is not that same old school raising of our kids where it's kind of like you do what I say and right. I have to make that you just have to make them do it. There no one's and then the other option I spoke last night at a mental health consortium and the other option. So what's the other alternative? Like just kind of saying, well, they'll figure it out. And so when I think about that terminology, I think, OK, so I, you know, me and my brothers and my sister got out of New York City public housing but a lot of people didn't. So why would you want to, you know, bet on that? So why not give them a plan and give them? So I think that, remember, we as people, uh, Black people though, remember, we're still new to this whole education system. Remember that this education wasn't set up with us in mind and, you know, people say, oh, it's broken. No, it's not broken. It's designed to do exactly what it's doing. And we're not in that, in that equation. So we, so I think what parents, especially parents, black parents need to understand and Latino parents need to understand is you have to be your first, your child's first teacher. And I know that sounds overwhelming, but you have to be involved. And I'm hoping, you know, looking at the COVID blessings that now that parents are hearing their children in their classrooms, that, you know, that kind of stuff is going on. They're, they're hearing what teachers are saying, and maybe this will prompt them to want to be more involved and, and make that time. I know we're all taxed. Right. And we're all exhausted, but just make that extra effort because um, what's the other alternative and right. why just leave it up to chance? And it's a little surprising right. when I'm here in a town where, you know, people are doing pretty well and have achieved a certain level of success. And people kind of still kind of have that attitude that I figured it out. They'll figure it out. And I'm like, oh, that's mm. not that's not a good thing. That's not a good plan. So we have to have a plan. And just the same way parents manage their projects at work. We need to manage our children's education. Right. Yeah. Well, so. I like that. You know, you're right. You have to have a plan because having no plan is, is certainly not is not going to lead to any idea of success. I also like I said, an old school way of raising kids because um, I used to think that was the way. You know, I come from an immigrant family. My parents, first generation immigrant to this country from India, and uh, the way I grew up was just you do what you what, what they say, and that's just the way it is. Then I realized that's just the old school way. Everyone had that way, and it doesn't, I don't care what culture background you're from, parenting has changed. I have a kid now who thinks, you know, uh, we're best friends, which is great, but also, you know, you, you kind of lose that level of, hey, I, I'm not just your buddy. I, you know, you got to listen to what I say. And he likes to uh, argue about everything. But that's, I, that, I think parenting and, and child rearing is very different right. in this day and age. But at the same time, those old uh, tried and true principles of, you know, really you have to managing your kids. Yes, of course, later in life, you know, we talk about the helicopter parents elephant parents and that you know not overstepping your bounds but education certainly is something that yes it is complicated it is complex especially society we live now and so you're providing an incredible service uh to the community at large um and then uh, also just kind of creating that village so i i totally get that our kids don't 
really respect me and my husband a hundred percent. They kind of look at us like, all right, we, yeah, so you guys are not that special. And so, so yeah. we have definitely put other people in place. I remember when I first moved here back from Los Angeles and I had two daughters at the time. And I remember my kids um, had a pediatrician, a black female doctor, Dr. Terry Smith. And I asked her in our first visit, I said, can you mentor my daughters? She sure. probably thought I was crazy. Now we're like besties. But the point is that, you know, we have to find other people to put in our kids' place. There are people in the business world that I will text and say, hey, I need you to tell this guy to, to handle his business and do this and do that. And, mm. and we have that kind of relationship. And I've kind of relinquished the reins and said, and if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, you have total, you know, control right. of reprimanding them Reprimand, and letting them know yes. this is not so we have to create that village whether it's within our family or other people in the community and I think that's what's really important and and not feel like there's a lot of fear sometimes of you know going into the school so and and talking to a principal or a superintendent and administrator so we we have to meet people where they are and help them understand that you have every right and uh yeah. and your child deserves so much and and we can do this and uh but we have to do it as a village and i think um you know people don't understand that what you guys are doing and you know programs like this are so oops 10 minutes over sorry um it's so important because you know these these things they build pipelines so you know my my kids have no excuse not to do anything at least on par with what i'm doing or even better so as you continue to build the, you know, diversity in the professional workforce, you know, that provides influence. So, you know, things like race, gender inequality, all that stuff, you know, can, you know, have no choice but to be stomped out in, in the future it's because like it's, way, you yeah. have people of influence and power. So Yeah. So I, we're so fortunate. We have CEOs of a lot of these programs um, contacting us now. A gentleman I just spoke to yesterday, he runs a program called Wall Street Bound. And um, so we just had an amazing, it was supposed to be a 20 minute conversation turned into like an hour and a half. By the end, he's like, we're family. And, uh, you know, but he's creating this pipeline for college students to teach them how to invest. And they're actually giving the kids $75,000 to invest. And it's like a oh. boot camp. And Can so- Can I join that program? Yeah, hello. <laughs> I was like, do you have to be in college? Right. Uh, let, let me tell you what, I guess I'm probably way more excited than my kids ever will be. But because I'm like, where was all of this when I was growing up? And uh, we, we introduced TNI Public Schools to a program that, that's been going on at Fairleigh Dickinson, a STEM program, engineering, uh, just incredible program. And so we met, I uh, walked into the wrong meeting. Well, now we know it was the right meeting. And I saw all these administrators from all over New Jersey and they were, have been bringing kids to TNI for 20 years. So anyway, we, 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 I made them have a meeting with us and uh, we were with all the engineering professors and the um, chair. And I remember my, my husband's a African studies professor. And I remember him saying to my husband, because he was so intrigued with on the engineering tour. And he said, why didn't you become an engineer to my husband? And my husband said, because no one ever told me anything about this. You never so had the exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Exposure is everything. Yeah. And we got to start young because a lot of times by fifth grade, we at, at um, Fairly, I convinced them to create a, a write a grant, one of the professors to write a grant for girls in seventh grade. And seventh grade, we reached out to all the seventh graders in Teaneck and um, we only got six kids and parents to show up. Now there was a total of, I want to say 86 girls that fit that category, Black, Latino, 
seventh grade and only six. So the, the professor was so upset and, you know, like what's going on, what's happening. And I'm, I think that by middle school, by elementary school, girls, especially maybe, maybe boys too, are statistically are counting themselves out of math and science already. Right. No, so you're, you guys you're have some work to do early. I, mean, that, that's I know. So, um, so um, we got to get into these schools and make sure that these young people um, are exposed and that this isn't something that seems so far fetched and that not attainable. You know, um, when I was in school, listen, me and most of my friends, we were at a predominantly white school off the North Shore of Boston. And those professors, we were all pre-med. It was 10 of us. And those those professors were not, they were not nice to us. And they, they some of my friends became doctors. I obviously did not. But um, they kind of basically told us we would never succeed. And uh, yeah. So, um, and I don't know if it's because they just felt like we weren't smart enough. And that's what I heard at Fairly that I said, why hasn't Teaneck ever been a part of this program? You've been doing this STEM program that actually comes with money, comes right. with $40,000 to go to uh, Fairly. And it's just crazy that, and we're right in their backyard. And um, I, I, a gentleman actually said, we didn't think the kids in Teaneck could, could, you know, could handle this. And whoa, just blew my mind. So wow. anyway, so we're on a mission. So when things like that happen, I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. So to get that mission out there, uh, you know, where can our listeners and anyone out there find you on uh, social media, on, on the web? You know, how do people get in contact with you, et cetera? Tell us. So it's Parent Matters with a Z instead of an S um, right. on all social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And then we also have the Power of Exposure, which is our YouTube channel on Parent Matters also, where we interview um, and share stories and connect, you know, mentors. So once you go on our Parent Matters webpage, parentmatters.com, you can register and you'll start immediately receiving information. Um, we work with families one-on-one. We do lectures. We, you know, and, and the, the guys and my, my kids all go with me or who's ever available will go and speak and share because I think it's important for parents and students to hear from young people who have experienced some of these right. programs themselves. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much for the work that you do. Your whole family is incredibly inspiring. Your your program's very inspiring to all of us and and so sorely needed. So we want to thank both of you for coming on today. Um, It's extremely informative, but also, like I said, inspiring is not even the right word. It's really eye-opening. I think Clinton and I both know what influences we uh, were offered and how those opportunities were created. And we were very thankful for that. You know, we want to see that yeah. across the board for every able person, you know, who has the desire and the will. And we know that, you know, kids need guidance. They're like pieces of clay, right? And uh, yeah. they, that, that clay can crumble or you can really be molded, uh, you know, with help into something very powerful and that will, you know, better all of us, you know, not just one community. You know, if we all, all rise, and rise you know, all, all parts of our community rise, and then we all rise together. So I, okay. I, I, I thank you both for coming on today. Thank you so very thank much. You guys. Thank you guys. So yeah. you, you landed that closing, man. Wow. Good job. Yeah, I it. You know, I, oh. it, just, it came over me. It came over me. Ten. Yeah. <laughs> you caught the Holy Ghost. Okay. No, I, I, just, I, I may have stayed up saying, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't, I've been to a black church once or twice. It's a lot of fun. I love once it. or, once or twice. Offline, I'd love to know who does your editing because so we're like a, a family oh, I do. Are I do. growing and I'm looking for like the so um you know we're starting to look for like a social media manager and 
We're applying for our 5013C just so we can get the, the support that we need because it's a little overwhelming at this point, um, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, that's a good thing to be growing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so well, you we need you to editing. find a young, I do all the editing. If you can find a young person that'll do it, we'll play, pay them nicely. Oh, Dr. Sugar will play, play them uh, nicely. I'll pay him a free advice about, yeah, my wife. <laughs> wow, thank you, you so much. Coming. This is Recommended Daily Dose, Dr. Surd Sugar, and my co-host, as always, uh, Dr. Clinton Coleman. Uh, thank you so much. Be well. Find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, rate, uh, subscribe, and review. Until next time, be well. Thank you guys so very much.